Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. We are here at Norwood where our 5-2 CHC Eagles are about to take on. The two and six Norwood Indians joined tonight by Chaxfield and Leland. We're excited to bring you this one on a chilly, drizzly night. The Indians are about to kick off to the Eagles. They deferred. They'll be kicking from our right to left. Bernard deep, but a pooch kick. It's going to be fielded at the 40, at the 38, dropping down there. Can't see who that is, but the Eagles will start at their 37, first and 10. Guys, big night, Eagles, all these are must-win games. What are we looking for here tonight? As you mentioned, Dean, every game's a playoff game from here on out. If they lose this week, they lose next week, they're out of the playoffs. Got to win both of them. Both games are games they certainly should win. Got to come out and play your game. Got to come out and get up early and, and, and keep, them, keep them down. Go into the locker room up big, and, and this should be – a relatively easy night for the Eagles, but we've got to come out and play hard for the first half. All right, so the Eagles line up in the spread offense. Two receivers left to the short side, one to the right. They're going to fake the jet sweep and hand the ball. No, the quarterback's going to keep the ball. Cole's going to go on the right side to the 45. Gets tripped up out at the 48-yard line. Good start for the Eagle offense with a little bit of trickery. Yeah, this is exactly what they need to do. They're, Norwood is a little down this year. This is a team CHCA should beat. You can't mess around in a game like this. All the games now from here on out are playoff games. Put your foot on their throat and end it early. All right. In the backfield, you have Alex Bernard to the right of Cole Fisher. Fisher drops straight back, looking. Alex stays in the block. Looks deep down the middle. An open receiver right into his hands. That's going to be Alex. Actually, it was Alex out, in the, in the, out on the edge, and he takes it all the way. That's going to be a... 51-yard touchdown pass, and following <laughs> Chad's instructions, they put it to the throat early. That's, that's a two-play, 62-yard drive, Dean. We'll take it. Home run play right off the bat. Got to go back and play some defense, get a couple more of those, maybe get some experience for the younger guys. But, again, you know, got to step on them for in the first half. All right, they line up for the extra point. Snap is down, kick is up, timing was off a little bit, but it's going to be good, and that's going to make it 7 nothing with 11-17 left in the first quarter. That was quick, and we are up on top of a press box that is quite a distance from the field. We're going to need help from the spotter to pick up numbers tonight. So I miscalled Alex in the backfield. It was not Alex, and it wasn't Ames either. Who did they have back there next to Cole? I don't know, but Alex caught the touchdown pass. I feel like we're in the horseshoe at Ohio State. We're so far up, and it's going to be hard to see the numbers, like you said, but uh, as long as we can call the guys catching the touchdown and throwing the touchdowns, and that'll be, that'll be key. <laughs> All right, so we are at Norwood. If you haven't been here before, it's a beautiful stadium, a large stadium. 
even larger for the sake of there's about 60 Norwood fans in the crowd. It's a cool night. Feels like fall. Little drizzle coming down. So, and pink is the theme color of the night. All right, so Phillips has it teed up. Have two returners back at the 15, 14-yard line. He approaches, kicks the squib on the ground to the right side. It's going to be picked up to the 18-yard line, out to the 25, to the 30, finds the seam to the 35, and stumbles forward all the way out to the 38. Good starting field position for the Indians. Nice return by senior running back Hayden Furling on that return. Uh, he's going to line up in the backfield for him here on the next play. Actually, I think he might take a quick break, but uh, kid looked like he had some speed. Kenimer in on the tackle. Yeah, it was a great play. The, the, they found a little seam. Pierce Kenimer at the, uh, at the, so the coverage team did a good job staying home, not squeezing down where the sideline where he went, but staying home to make sure he took away the cutoff, uh, uh, the cutback angle. All right, spread offense, trips right, single receiver left, high snap to the quarterback. He's going to hand it off straight up the middle, hit at the line of scrimmage, but the scrum gets pushed forward by a couple big linemen. And what looked like maybe a loss of a yard turns into a gain of about three. Parker and Glenn make the tackle. And that's Mike Phillips on the initial hit, but didn't wrap up and bring his speed. He made a great play to penetrate in the backfield, but again, didn't wrap him up, didn't keep his feet moving, and missed the tackle. All right, back to the line of scrimmage. Same formation. Trips right, single left. Time the quarterback to hand the ball off on like a jet. And Sanders hits him in the backfield. Lost him about five. Big play, good penetration by the Eagles. I love watching the progression of Ben Sanders this year. He has turned in from an undersized, scrappy player to an absolute playmaker at defensive end. That's what seniors do, man. You see those guys progress game over game over game. That's Ben right now, beating the tackle, getting in the backfield, wrapping them up. Huge play. Great job, Ben. All right, back to the line. Now they're going to go empty backfield. Trips right, two receivers left. Eagles bring four. Quarterback draw up the middle. Great speed out to the 45 to the 50. And to the 45, turns the corner, pushed out of bounds at the 42. And that is a quick athletic quarterback. Jossworth finally pushed him out of bounds, but not after he gained about 20-some yards. Picks up the first down. It was a beautiful play call. The Eagles were turning around running in man-to-man coverage uh, with, with no uh, no running back. So the quarterback took a step back like he was going to throw and then took off on a designed run. And with all the linebackers back to him, he had the whole world in front of him. All right, back to five receivers. Quarterback this time. Oh, bottles the ball. Was looking like screen. Now he's going to take it around the left side to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. Gets taken down by Phillips. In at about the 18, 19 yard line, and what looked like it was going to be a broken play, but speed made something up. Yeah, it was going to be a little flare pass to the right, and the ball slipped out of his hands, and the entire defense reacted that way. He just tucked it and ran left and got about 25 yards. No one was home. All right, that's going to be something to watch tonight. That is an athletic quarterback with great speed, not afraid to put his head down. So they're going to go back two receivers left, two right. Now they're going to bring a receiver in motion from right to left. They're going to hand the ball off up the middle. Some room there. Gets down to about the 14-yard line. Duncan takes it. DJ Ames on the tackle. 
I know that I know that we run a similar offense to this, but it's really different when you face a team that's running five wide and multiple wide receivers in a shotgun formation that's competent. Um, and the Eagles haven't really seen this all year, so this is going to be a really good lesson and a really good uh, opportunity to kind of hone your defense against a, a def- an offense we haven't seen much of. All right, back to the line. Quarterback takes the ball, throws a slant, goes down, intercepted by the Eagles. The 10 to the 15 to the 20. He's got blocking to the 30. Out to the 40. He cuts back, and he's going to get all the way out to the 48. That was picked off by outside linebacker. Outside. I I couldn't tell if that was 12 or 18. Um, Again, we are so high, it's really hard to see. And by the time he was tackled, he was surrounded by all of his teammates, and they're right by their sideline. So we didn't get a number on that, but let's just say great job. For the Eagles. <laughs> it looked like it was Herman to me. And DJ Ames blocked three guys on the return. The first guy that he blocked didn't hold his block quite long enough, and Herman didn't have a step on him. Otherwise, that was a touchdown. He made three blocks on the return. That was awesome. All right. Eagles hand the ball up to the middle to DJ, who stays on his feet, bounces off one guy, stays on his feet all the way down to the 30. So after making some great blocks, DJ gets rewarded and rumbles all the way down to the 29-yard line. There you go. Made a great defensive play, got right back up, made about a 25-yard gain. DJ's got the ball first and 10 on the 29 going in. All right, back to the line of scrimmage. Two receivers left, two right. Ian Sockill goes in motion, now rolling to the right. Throw deep to the end zone, open receiver. Touchdown! to Herman on the 29-yard pass. And with 8-18 left in the first quarter, Eagles go up 13 to nothing. I'm a little concerned we may not win time of possession battle tonight because I think we have four plays for like 15 seconds of total offense. Man, Jim Trestle somewhere is burying his head. <laughs> Glad I didn't put money on time of possession. That's four plays, 120 yards on offense, and it's defensive guys making plays on defense, turning it right around and making plays on offense. Great to see guys going both ways make those plays. Again, timing off on the extra point, but they made the extra point. But Mike, Mike Phillips thrives on the ugly extra point. I don't know if he's had one clean and beautiful and, and, and with a beautiful arc all year. There are all these line drives that are just right through the goalposts and they count just the same. That one was a nice stutter step. He started to the ball, realized he was going to get there too soon. Stopped, got one step in, and hit the line drive to the upright. So, again, they score them all the same. So, we can imagine that flew over the scoreboard. Perfectly timed, 14 nothing. 8-18, Eagles back up. Yeah, all they got to do is go between the goalposts and over the crossbar. <laughs> That's all you need. And the wind just picked up here. We're expecting more rain tonight. It was a light drizzle, but with the with the wind that just picked up, makes me wonder what's coming with this one. All right, the Eagles teeing it up at the 40. I think what we need is another weather delay. That sounds just glorious. I'm 100% on the year. I'm 100% on the level. That's true. What do we invite him for? I don't know. I just got to tell you guys, if lightning stops, I'm going to leave my phone with you, and I'm going to go home and watch the Brewers, and you can just give my phone to Heather to take back to school. Oh, yeah, it's the last game of the year tonight, isn't it? Wow. Wow. All right, squib kicked by the Eagles through the up man's legs, but he's going to still pick it up and try to run from the 25 out to the 35. 
to the 40. Ball's loose. Eagles recover. Eagles are going to take over at the 42. And that's number 11. That's Jossworth. Or Glutzmeyer, rather, comes up with the fumble. That was number 17, Greg Melton for Norwood. He's a linebacker. He's one of the up men trying to make blocks on that squib kick. Fumbled it around a little bit, picked it up, didn't tuck the ball away. As soon as he got stuck, he put it on the ground. CHJ football. All right. So back to the line. Trips left, single receiver right. And the hard count got the entire Norwood line offside. So that'll be first down in five, the 37-yard line. Well, I'll tell you what, Dean, I said it just a few minutes ago that you want to really just don't give a, a team an underdog hope. And CHCA is 36 yards away from making it a three-touchdown game here with six minutes gone in the first half. All right, drop straight back. He's going again to the right corner. Again, open receiver. And again, Herman scores the touchdown. On cue, 37-yard touchdown pass. Eagles up 20 to nothing. And the route is on. I believe that was another two-play drive, Dean. They are three for three on two-play touchdown drives. The only question left tonight is if Coach Mueller listened to Chad. <laughs> and we may give you more of that later. All right, here's the extra point. Again, they make it. We'll leave it at that. Eagles up 21 to nothing. Uh, again, three two-play drives. The offense looks outstanding. I, every game I watch Cole Fisher play, he doesn't get enough credit in my opinion. He's made three beautiful touchdown passes. He's got three for three in this game with three touchdown passes. Doesn't get much better than that. I'd say that's a perfect quarterback rating. It's like uh, Tua Tonga Valoa for Alabama right now. <laughs> All right, so this Reading, uh, sorry, this Norwood team has beaten Summit. And their other win this year? North College Hill. North College Hill. They were beat by MBCA by 38. 38 nothing. That will be our opponent next week to finish out the year on senior night. And then it's off to the playoffs. When you get beat by 38 points by MBCA, and we've seen the first quarter of the first quarter here, I – you're two and six. It looks like Norwood, you know, their their heads are down a little bit, but that doesn't speak very well right now of what's going on in the program. I know it's tough when you're two and six, but they got to play for some pride here. All right, Phillips approaches, kicks a line drive end over end, going to bounce at the 20. It's going to get picked up back in the 16 after it was bobbled and hit. But again, Eagles don't wrap up. Going to take that all the way out to the 31. It's an issue we've seen periodically throughout the years. Guys not bringing their feet, not wrapping up. It's tough when I'm looking at their sideline. They have 33 active players right now. It's tough in practice to run live drills when you're that light. You don't have a lot of depth. You can't risk getting hurt. The side effect of that is not tackling as well in games. So it's a risk reward. It's a trade off. It's something that small schools have to deal with, but something they're going to have to pick up on and do a lot better job of in the playoffs. All right, back to the line. 
for Norwood. Trips left, single right. They're going to hand the ball off up the middle, hit at the line, stop there. Eric Parker was the first one to him, and there's going to be a gain of maybe two yards. It's going to bring up second down and eight at the 33-yard line. He does a really good push by the defensive line. Uh, they only had three down linemen because they're running the 3-5 against this uh, multi-wide receiver set. And we just got a good push by the three guys and the linebackers flying downhill. Eric Parker ended up making a tackle, but the whole wide or a whole linebacker group behind him was like a wall. That guy wasn't going anywhere. Great play. All right. Back to the line. High snap. And couple missed tackles but then drilled by Herman but they will get a they will get a first down and the chains will move for Norwood. And Norwood's moved the ball on the ground. Their throwing game, they're 0 for 1 with an interception, but their running game, they've got I think now about 60 or 70 yards running the ball. So Norwood's not doing a bad job at that. They've got some speed, they've broken some tackles. Let's see if they keep it on the ground for the next few plays here. All right, back to the line of scrimmage. And they're going to run the little – no, the quarterback keeps the ball. Great fake. Quarterback keeps the ball, and he'll pick up five on that play. Great misdirection. DJ and Herman take him down after a gain of five. I love that play. You leave the defensive end unblocked, and you run like a jet sweep look, and you just have that quarterback shuffle with him for a step or two. Make the defensive end determine who gets the ball. The defensive end flares out to take away the jet. Quarterback pulls the ball out and runs right in the vacated area. It's beautiful. All right. Hand off again. Ball's on the floor, on the ground. Eagles pick it up. Herman has the ball again, and he's going to get piled up and dropped. They're going to give him forward progress at the Norwood 47, and Eagle offense has the ball again. I'm 90% sure he was the one that made that interception earlier. So Herman's stats go two receiving touchdowns, an interception return for about 30 yards, and a fumble recovery. Not a bad day so far. We're less than halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> All right. So the Eagles offense comes back out. 6.07 in the first quarter. They're going to go single receiver left, single right. They're going to hand this ball off to DJ Ames who's going to weave his way down to the 43-yard line for a nice five-yard pickup on first down. Well, if, uh, this, this is our touchdown play. If uh, anything's indicative of the last few drives, three drives of two plays and three touchdowns on the board. Here's the second play of this drive. Deep on the right side if it holds the form. Correct. All right, you're going to go two receivers left. Who do we have in isolation down here on the near side? Could be Grody. Actually, they're going to run the jet sweep to Alex. And Alex stops, cuts to the 40, gets hit, and drops after a gain of about two. And now the Eagles are off script. Had to call a passing play there if we were going to keep up. Uh, it's still third and short. They're moving the ball. They're doing well. It's disappointing to see they're running another two-play touchdown there. All right. All right, the Eagles at the 41, third down and three. Fisher in the shotgun, aims to his left, two receivers right, single left. 
Now Grody goes in motion. They fake the jet sweep to him. Hand the ball to DJ to the 40. Nice cut. DJ shows his shiftiness all the way down to the 32 for a first down. But I think there's a flag on the field that we'll see if that's a face mask or a hold. They're going to call hold on the Eagles. They've moved the chains. They're going to have to figure out where those went. They're still walking with the chains. Maybe Norwood's going to decline this. <laughs> well, it was it was definitely a hold. The wide receiver over here on this side, uh, I think it was Grody, had a hold of the, the, the shoulder pad of the defensive back who was trying to break back inside. So we all saw it, but we were hoping the, uh, the referee on this side didn't. But it looks like she did. And it's going to be third and ten now. The hold was right at the first down marker. So you're going to have a third and ten play. They are on the plus side of the 50. You'd like to think this might be two down territory. Here still in the first quarter. So let's see what they call here. They can call a short pass. They could even call a run, given that it could be, it could be four down territory. All right. That's, that's, that's a big no-no from an officiating crew to move that that uh, box before a first down signal is given. That's um, not ideal. And there's one fired-up Norwood fan. Yeah, who's, one. Who's bringing the profanity on this call? <laughs> oh, now he's got a buddy joined him. I think they think this game might be in the balance. <laughs> He absolutely, Dean, his words are not right, but his commentary is correct. He's yelling that it's the, the sticks show first down. It shouldn't be a third down. It's, it's obviously third down. There was a penalty on the play, which moved it back. It doesn't matter that the ball was across the first down line when the penalty occurred. The ball still comes back at third down. I have no idea what the rest are. And, but the scoreboard's still third down. I think it's just the guy forgot to flip the sign back over. I think they're conferencing right now going, what's that guy yelling about? Because <laughs> he has not stopped yelling. See if we can get him on the air at halftime. That would probably not be uh, ideal, Dean. <laughs> well, I don't know if we have a, an expletively beat button on, uh, on our We podcast. do if we have the laptop with us. We can do that, <laughs> which we used to have ready when we take call-ins from the crowd. But we haven't done that in a, in a while. Some of your former classmates are calling in. This is, uh, I don't understand what's taking so long. This is not really super difficult that it's going to be a third down and ten. It, it all they might be asking, where did they actually have the sticks in the first place? Yeah, that, that could be the issue because they did move the sticks. They have technically no idea where to put them back. But there's there's no doubt that it's third down. It's not first down. All right. This is where we do need the sideline reporter to go talk to this guy. He's got his phone out. He's texting something about it. His wife keeps trying to pull him down. Our fan's still on his feet. Our, uh, our fan commentator's still on his feet. His buddy's standing up now. Now, now his colored commentator got up to yell as well. Eagles are doing jumping jacks out there. I think it's feeling cold. He keeps yelling third down over and over. Now they're holding up three fingers in the crowd on the Norwood side. Oh! And they called third and ten out of the booth, I think, just to make him stop. They figured it out, Dean. 
they got to figure it out. It's third and ten. As I mentioned, still could be four down territory. They're on the plus side of the 50. Now they're moving the chains again. Let's yell down there real fast. Hey, it should be first down just to see that guy get excited. Dean, <laughs> they just moved the chain again, and now it's third and 15, which doesn't make any sense. It's not correct. They, they're really, really having a hard time out there. It should be third and 10. They've moved the chains to make it third and 15 for no apparent reason. But um, I think that might be what the guy in the white hat wanted. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> All right. Now, Mark Mueller wants a, an explanation, but this is better to just let it go than to try to get an explanation for what happened on that holding call. Again, it is part of what happens when you move the sticks prematurely and you don't have – the video crew, like in an NFL game, to go back and check where was it originally. Well, we did cover the fumble on the 47. The the chains the 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 chains should start on the 47. That's where they had it. Now they just moved it to the 43 to give you essentially a, an extra four yards. So now they're calling it third and 15 when it should be about third and nine, third and eleven, third and ten, third and eleven. It has been about a Five, six-minute delay here for something that if uh, it should be literally a, hey, put it back to the 47, it's third and 10, let's roll. <laughs> All right, and I'm, I'm going to go a little bit nerd status on the way chains work. There's a little thing that you clip onto the chain in the middle of it that you put on one of the five increment yard lines, and there's a dial on it, and you're supposed to punch in where it is just in case something like this happens. When you move the chain up, you move the chain back, you're supposed to. They're now moving it down further. Yeah, this is, this it's going to be 30 by the time it's over. The, the issue that they're having is they said it originally. They, I, I saw the ref stick it down at the 45-yard line, and then the chains on either side stretch out, which is why one was on the 48, the other one goes up to the 38. They then moved it up to the 40-yard line, which made it third and 15. Now they're moving it to the 35-yard line to make it third and 20, where it's supposed to be third and 10, from, from our recollection. So, unfortunately, it looks like PHA got penalized 20 yards on that holding penalty. But we'll see what they can do. But it's making Cole Fisher go, I guess you're going to have to throw it deep right again. <laughs> well, the one thing that's really impressive with Cole Fisher tonight is we played here Wednesday, and this, this field lines up like a wind tunnel. Like, literally down on the field, it's really hard to throw an accurate ball. So, the fact that Cole's three for three with three touchdowns on three long and accurate touchdown passes is really impressive and it looks like now I don't know what's happening but now they're moving the six backwards past where it should be I I don't know what I don't know what's happening but I got a baseball game to watch tonight folks is, is it in LA or in Milwaukee, in Milwaukee. All right. last two in Milwaukee All right. not over not over it's 3-2 right 3-2 winner takes on the Red Sox yeah. Hey, Dean, if, as a Milwaukee fan, as, as you being a Milwaukee fan, tell me two months ago, if you had the opportunity to win two games at home and go to the World Series, would you take it? Everyone would be thrilled. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I think they got a good shot. With a rested bullpen and their two best starters. So they're ready to go. Well, as a Reds fan, and who hasn't won a postseason series since 1995, since I was in middle school, that, uh, that sounds pretty good. I would take that in a New York minute. At this point, even if it wasn't the Brewers, 
anything to see Machado lose. <laughs> All right, we're ready to play football. Still 443 in the first quarter. All right, it is third and 10. We are at the 48-yard line. Cole drops straight back, looking, floats it over the middle, open receiver, and that is a one-handed catch by TJ, who takes it for a 48-yard touchdown. I called the wrong sector of the field. Well, Dean, awesome one-handed catch to start with. The refs finally figured out and made it third and 10. It didn't matter. That was a 47-yard touchdown pass, and this was a three-play drive. So, two, 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 three, four touchdowns so far. That's uh, my CHC math says nine plays and four touchdowns. That's not bad. All right, let's take a look at this extra point. He's lining it up. See if we get the timing down here. There's the snap. And he kicks it up. And he made it. That one, we have seen a whole lot of of not ideal or pretty extra points this year. That was the creme de la creme of ugly extra points. That was a that was kicked sky high in the air and landed about a yard and a half past the crossbar on the other side, and it counts just like he booted it 70 yards. It counts. It counts. I want to update everybody on Cole Fisher's stat line again. That was his fourth pass of the game and his fourth touchdown pass of the game. That one was 47 yards. I tallied it up in my head real quick. He had about 110 before. So he's sitting around 150 yards, four for four, four touchdowns. Is that good? <laughs> I'm feeling a Matt Coleman player of the game right there. Why <laughs> really? Julian Herman has the, has the pick and the ball. He's got the defense, too. That's yeah. true. All right, so the Eagles are coming out to tee this one off. All right. The wind continues to whip right down the middle of this field. Players jumping around. It's going to get them ready for playoff football with the weather at least. The Norwood Indians are in blue unis with red piping, white helmets. Eagles are in white, top and bottom, purple piping with the purple helmets. There's a line drive kick down the middle of the field. That's going to get all the way down. Booted, it's picked up at the 12-yard line. The Eagles are there to cover it, but again, he slides out of a few tackles. He'll get out to the 25 in what could have been a disaster. Turns out decently for Norwood on that. Yeah, they'll take the ball to the 25. They've, so far, they've fumbled a kickoff return. They did have one decent one to start the game, but I think that might be their second-best field position outside of that first return, and it didn't look good from the start. He was fumbling around the five-yard line, so right at the last second, picked it up and scored it for about 20 yards. All right, so with 4.42 in the first quarter, Eagles leading 28 to nothing. The Indians are going to take over their 25-yard line. They're going to go trips left, single receiver right, shotgun formation back to the left of the quarterback. Quarterback takes the snap. He hands the ball off. He's going to take it on right side, gets the corner to the 25, out to the 30, and a gain of about five. Nice start on that drive for the Indians. Nice little start, absolutely. Getting run, running around the right hand side, 
um, that's going to be the weak point when you've got all these wide receivers and defensive backs out there. If you can get a guy outside, there's lots of space out there. So that's look for Norwood with a 28 nothing deficit to try to find something, anything. Uh, they just can't turn the ball over again. They have to have a nice sustained drive to try to keep that defense off the field for a few minutes. All right, back to the line of scrimmage. Quarterback's going to roll to his left. Pressure coming. He stops. DJ takes him down. He throws in the air and caught at the 40. I don't think that's who he was throwing to, but he got hit as he threw it. But it's a reception nonetheless. And the chain gang's moving the stick. Mike Phillips on the tackle. So you got a left-handed quarterback, and CHCA was playing the tendency when he's on the right hash to roll out to his left. They sent a they sent a, a stunt that side that was picked up, and a line or a linebacker flying to that side. He just missed the tackle. The quarterback, a lefty, made a great throw to a to a crossing tight end or slot receiver, and it was a great play first down. All right, quarterback's going to hand the ball off to number two. He's going straight up the middle. Flag comes flying in there. That's going to be a hold. Hopefully the chain stay put on this hold. They'll back it up. Looks like a hold on one of their interior D linemen. A minute ago, Chad mentioned not needing to turn the ball over again for Norwood. Norwood has four turnovers. They've had four drives and four turnovers so far. We're not, or we're almost through the first quarter here, but uh, they've got to turn that around. They've got to hold the ball. They've they yep. started with the oh, CHA started with yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. Three turnovers, three drives, three turnovers. Well, <laughs> well, let's see if they're going to drive without a turnover. That that would be a start. All right, so the ball goes back on the penalty to the 33-yard line. That makes it first and 20. All right, quarterback drops straight back. He's looking, throws out in the flat, hits his receiver at the 37. But a nice hit. Oh, but he loses the ball, fumbles. On cue, Eagles recover, and I think D.J. Ames makes the recovery. Eagles will have the ball at the 41-yard line. I, I know we're I know we're standing up here way high. I don't know if he got his, another foot down and made a football move before that thing came out. That was really close to just being an incomplete pass. That's a tough call if you're a Norwood fan, but a great call if you're an Eagle fan. 28-0 lead. We still have three minutes left in the first quarter. All right. Back to the line. Eagles are going to go two receivers left, single right. Cole in the backfield. Cole fakes the ball to – oh. Miscommunication or just off with the wind. Fake the handoff and then look for Metzler but missed him. Yeah, it was. It looked off. It looked like it was either a miscommunication or the ball got carried by the wind. Just like you said, something looked really bizarre with that one. So uh, second down, live to fight another day when you're, you know, driving inside the 50-yard line. All right, back to the line. Two left, two right. Fisher looks left. Quick pass. Out to Metzler, who's going to take it inside the 30. That's enough for a first down. A official tells him to move the chains. That's going to be at the 29. Cole's really hurting his QBR here. He's uh, He went from four for four with four touchdowns. Now he's five for six for four touchdowns. Although that was about a 12-yard gain, and they're marching a little bit closer inside the 30. All right. They're now going to go trips right. Julian on the left side of the line. Down in a stance. Going to hand the ball off to Alex Bernard. Alex, oh, almost had a little jump through the pack. 
He squirted out down to the 23-yard line. It's a good little run there. It's going to bring up. It's going to bring up a second and four. It has been so fun to watch Alex Bernard play football for the last few years. I'm really bummed that it we're coming here to the, the the home stretch of the regular season, and then you're not guaranteed anything in the playoffs. But let's just take a second and just realize what a great football player that kid is. Has had quite the career with the Eagles. You're going to run this ball right up the middle. That was Alex again. This time he's going to pick up only a couple of yards. See where they spot that ball. They're going to put it down at the 22. So you're going to give him a yard. Now third down and two. And the Eagles are going into a pretty stiff wind here with a minute 33 left in the first quarter. Yeah, it, it, the way we've seen the, field, the extra point kicking so far, if you don't get it here, you've got to go for it. You're going against the wind. It's probably a 30-mile-an-hour wind. I'd like to see them run the ball here and even run it twice if they don't get it. All right, they're going to put in motion. There's No, it fakes the jet sweep, and Cole keeps it, puts his head down. They'll take that to the 16-yard line. That's a first down. Move the chain. That's exactly what you want. Cole pulls it that same jet sweep look. Make the end decide where you're going to go. He ends up taking it out of the uh, jet's hands and taking the dive filling where the defensive end should be for a gain of five on a third and three or third and four. What a beautiful play. That's one of the new inventions over the last 10 years of football that you just didn't see. That's just so hard to stop when you're on defense. My goodness. As Chad mentioned, that's an option play. You're reading the defensive end. And as soon as he jumps outside, he caps ran up field and got the first down. All right, Cole drops back, looking, looking. Some pressure, throws to the end zone and drops. Tough play, tough catch, well defended. And that was, I think, the Sawkill. Sawkill got his hands on it right at the boundary, but got hit and uh, falls incomplete. It's going to bring up second and 10, 42.5 left in the quarter. Chad mentioned it was a great throw. I think Sawkill's uh, right arm was held back a little bit, actually, by the corner. It might have been pass interference that wasn't called, but it was a great throw right in the corner of the end zone. All right, second down and 10. Cole looks over the defense, two left, two right. Drops straight back. Oh, he's going to look for the quarterback draw, and he still makes something out of nothing as the pocket collapsed. He's going to get it down to the 19-yard line. It's going to bring up a third down and seven. Be one more play this quarter. You know, I, I half expect them to just let the clock run since you're going right into the face of the wind. Just let the quarter end flip field. And then that way the wind is at your back, so you don't have to throw into this. And it looks like that's – well, I don't know. That's what I would I would do. Let's see what Muller decides to do here. All right. Clock under 10, 6, 5, 4. Now does a false start. Now with 3.9 seconds, it's going to be third down and 12 from the 19-yard line. And now with the clock stopped, you don't have a choice but throwing into the wind. That was Mike Phillips lining up in kind of an H-back, full-back type position, and they were clearly running something up the middle. He was he was excited to get up there and make a block, but uh, jumped a little early. Oh, yeah, the clock does, doesn't stop. They'll roll the clock if it was a rolling clock beforehand. I tell you what, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing a full-back jump off sides because if you, if you think about it now – 
in his defense, Phillips is not typically in an H-back position. This is not a typical play. But what, what you coach these kids to do is if you're a fullback or a running back and you start in motion, you can continue in motion. Even if it was a false start look, you can kind of move forward, shuffle, and then go right back to your original position. The fact is he took a step forward and then put his hands on his head like he knew he, knew, knew he made a mistake. That's an automatic flag from the referee when all he had to do was shuffle in motion and go right back to his original spot. <laughs> good coaching there, Chad. That's a really good point. I, it's not something I'd really thought of, but you're right. It, as, as, a, as a player that's off the line of scrimmage, you're allowed to go in motion. So why not continue your motion and kind of, you know, correct your mistake? You have that chance. So, yeah, like you said, as soon as, as, soon as you put your hands on your head, you're, you're guilty. <laughs> All right, so a big first quarter for the Eagles. Put up four touchdowns, four turnovers for Norwood if you're just joining us. And Cole Fisher with a lot of success in the air, four long touchdown passes. And, again, the Eagle offense, at least against Norwood, looks like it's figured out some things in the passing game. You know, they look really good. They're, they're getting behind the Norwood defense. I don't know how much of it is execution versus, you know, just a lack of execution on the defensive side for the Indians. But CHCs look really good both in, in all phases of the game. Their offense is clicking. I'd love to see the Jets sweeps work a little bit more, try to set the edge. Because at this point, you're not playing Norwood. You're playing the next few, guys, few teams on your uh, schedule by execution and, and repetition. All right, Eagles come back to the line. Now with the window at their back, and here's pressure. Cole Fisher spins out of it to his left. Now he's on the run. He's looking. He's looking, and he throws the football. He hits the receiver all the way down at the seven. Let's see where they mark forward progress. Could be just short. Nine, so it looks like it's going to be about fourth down and three to go. Which obviously, well, I don't, not obviously. I don't know if we try to field goal this year. Maybe this is a chance to try that, but uh, doesn't look like that's happening. Looks like the offense is going to stay out there. Yeah, the wind now is gusting at the back of the Eagles, so that would uh, help any field goal attempt. Instead, the Eagles are going to bring keep the offense on the field. Two left, single right. Alex to the left, Cole. Now they're going to put in motion Phillips at that H-back position. Takes the snap, drops back, rolling to his right, throws to the back of the end zone. Touchdown. What a great play to Julian Herman, who keeps the conversation of who's the Coleman player of the game, Julian Herman or Cole Fisher. It is so hard to run at a full sprint, running away from a defensive end, and throw off your back foot and put a perfect dive in the back of the end zone. That was a great play by uh, by, by, by Fisher there catching it, by uh, Herman there catching the ball. But a much an awesome throw, awesome throw by Cole Fisher. And I think our fan of the game was actually yelling back at the booth. Well, what he saw, the, the, the Norwood has a little stand next to the goalposts that have the play clock, the 25-second clock. The clock was at zero, so he's screaming delay of game, delay of game for those like six seconds that it showed zero before that snap. And uh, that's where I think he's getting the latest tizzy he's at. <laughs> that was a great extra point, good timing, driven deep. All right. 
So the Eagles, with 10.50 left in the first half, go up 35 to nothing. Oh, man, put 100 on them. (laughs) (laughs) And it might be time to talk about this week's events. I will say, just on another note, bit shocked by the mascot. Oh, yes, as am I. I didn't know you could do that anymore. <laughs> All right. So the Eagles are going to tee this up. Yeah, that's horrifying. All right. All right, so the Eagles tee this ball up. Now going from our right to left. If you're getting if you're getting bored, folks, it's gonna be exciting commentary in the second half up here. I can feel it already. All right, Mike Phillips approaches. And drives the ball deep over everybody. He's going to kick that through the back of the end zone. Great kick by Mike Phillips. Amazing what a 30-mile-an-hour wind at your back will do. (laughs) So So the Indians will begin down at the 20-yard line. Again, I expect we'll begin seeing some of the young guys coming in very soon. Yeah, Dean, it's, it, this is a great time to get a little bit of rest from your starters. Again, you got to close out the first half. You, you always got to finish the first half, in my opinion, with your starters, no matter what the score. But coming out in the third quarter, hopefully they can get some experience with their younger guys. They may have a guy go down in the playoffs, may need a younger guy to step up and make some plays. But it's also good to avoid injuries and get some rest and, and go into an MVC game that's, that's not a guaranteed win. They're, they're six and one. They've haven't played the toughest schedule, but they're, they're going to need to step up and play that game tough, and then they're going to play a very tough opponent no matter who it is first round of the playoffs because it's going to be an away game based on the points uh, outlook that we've seen. All right, so the first play from scrimmage, Norwood picks up about two, Ward Kusmeyer on the tackle. So Norwood comes to the line, empty backfield, trips left, two receivers to the right. A high snap over the quarterback's head all the way back inside the 10. Ball still loose. And recovered by the Indians back at the six-yard line, which is it's going. It was uh, tackled by Eric Parker, and that uh, is going to make it a third down and what twenty-four? It'll be third and twenty-four, Dean. That was uh, going to be a running play by the quarterback. He was in shotgun by himself back there. The center fired off the line immediately, trying to make a block on the nose guard. Forgot to snap it right. He, he, he put the same amount of power into the snap as well. Oh, nice. All right. And so a throw deep over the middle and a great play is complete all the way out to the 34-yard line. They're going to call it the 33. That's going to be a first down for the Indians. Sophomore wide receiver Kevin English for Norwood made a great over-the-shoulder catch. Basically, the ball came straight over his head. It's a very difficult catch to make. Made a great play. And a great throw right in front of the safety. That was well executed by Norwood. All right. 
They're going to run the jet sweep. Now cuts back up the middle. And a nice run by the back was hit. But Klusmeyer finishes him off. But he ran through a couple of eagle tackles. Uh, so that's going to be near the first down marker. And they're going to move the six again. That's two consecutive first downs for the Indians. That was Josh Duncan. He's listed here actually as a senior quarterback, but they have a junior starting quarterback who looks like a pretty good one so far. Uh, good to see him get some reps, though, in his running back. All right, a fumbled snap. The quarterback recovers. Broken play. Throws a little flare out to the tight end. Mike Phillips. I see a wide receiver. Phillips makes the tackle, but near another first down. This is crazy. This is like backyard football. I don't know if they've had one well-executed play here on this drive. It's just like they're going back and throwing it up and finding some space. and It's, it's fun to watch, but, man, the coach has to be going, man, I love the results, but, oh, boy. That's why they have four turnovers so far as well. So. All right, three straight first downs. They're going to hand this ball up the middle. Eagles hit him at the line of scrimmage, bend him back, and Justin Vest in on the tackle there. I think it's going to be a loss of one. Great play by the Eagles defensive line. All right, so that's going to bring up a second down and 11 at the Eagle 48. Clock is running. This snap will happen right about eight minutes left in the first half. If you're just joining us, Eagles up 35 to nothing. Quarterback takes the snap. He's going to throw what I think is a lateral. He fumbles the football. The ball is out at the 40. And the Eagles recover it by Flagle at the 37-yard line. And the receiver's hurt after that hit. He's not getting up. Yeah, that was a bubble screen. They put, the, they put a guy in motion, and on the snap, he bubbled back. And they, they've shown that the last few times, and they've run off of it. This time they ran the bubble screen, and there were three Eagles there to meet him. I don't know who that was, who the cornerback up top was that made the hit. But he beat his block and hit him square and popped the ball loose, and Flagel was there to jump on it. It was a well-defended, great de- defensive execution, and that is Norwood's fifth turnover, and I don't know if that's the way you draw it up. Five turnovers and five possessions, unfortunately, and the receiver's down, and Unfortunately, the quarterback didn't do him any favors either. That bubble screen, you're supposed to be able to catch and get going upfield as you make the catch. He had to run backwards to catch it. It was actually a lateral. Tried to turn his feet, turn around. There were three eagles right on top of him. Got stuck, fumbled the ball. Unfortunately, he's still down. But uh, quick recovery and a nice recovery in space by Flagel as well. There were a couple wide receivers for Norwood right there. He was able to get down and, and cover the tips and, and grab the ball. So going to be CHJ's ball again on the plus side of the 50 to start the drive. I think they've started all but their first drive on the plus side of the 50. I think 81 got the wind knocked out of him. He just got drilled. It was the the Wendell Hensley hit of the night. Took him to the cleaners. But he gets up. He's coming off the field now. Eagles, though, will take again, again, over again at 37. Again, fifth turnover, and we're still, we aren't halfway into the second quarter. I, just, I don't know what you do as a coach. Like, that's so frustrating when your kids just, you know, I'm, think, I'm putting myself in Norwood's head coach's position. It's like, 
you haven't played that well, but even when you are moving the ball, you've turned the ball over five times. Like, what do you tell your team? What What do you say to motivate them with down 35 after turning the ball over five times? It's just got to be so demoralizing. And, again, this is a time for CHCA to put some more points on the board. It's all fair and, fair and well until halftime, uh, especially in a game like this, and then hopefully for long after. <laughs> all right, back to the line. Cole Fisher takes the ball, hands it to Alex. Alex goes around the right side, sidesteps a couple tacklers, gets pushed out of bound after a gain of maybe about six. Far side in the field for us. Let's see where they mark him out of bounds. See, this is the game, too. you got to be careful if you're CHCA. Sometimes things get shifty when you're down quite a bit, and it's towards the end of the year. You really have nothing left to play for. You're frustrated. CHCA really has it, and hopefully Coach Mueller's in their ear already, and he and he should be, but you got to be careful. You can't fight back. You can't risk being ejected. You miss next week. You miss an important game. You, you could even get hurt. And there's, you got to be careful here. All right. This time, how did Alex starts right, goes to his left. He gets around the corner to the 20 to the 15, and he gets spun out at the 13-yard line. Slow getting up, but I think he was just taking a breather. So he drops like that and head swings back after – this year it always makes me a little nervous. All right, so the Eagles first down, chains move. They're going to spot it at the 13-yard line. Clock's at 7:32. Alex is going out, hopefully just for a breather. Bauer's coming in, the wide receiver. Bauer and Grody to the left on the far side. Can't tell that Sockill. They fake the jet sweep. They hand the ball off to DJ Ames. He's going to take it down to about the 11-yard line. That's going to bring up a second down and seven. Yeah, Dean, they've, uh, it, but they're between the tackles running. It's still struggled a little bit. Everything to the perimeter in their passing game has been tremendous so far. They, they really need to work on that. They've got a little over six minutes left to go in the game. I'd like to see them literally practice that through the rest of the half and try to establish that inside run. All right. Metzler and Bauer to the right. Keon and Herman to the left. You're going to throw open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown. And that's Metzler. He's going to score the touchdown. That is 41 to nothing at the 631 mark in the first quarter. Six touchdown passes. Six touchdown passes from Cole Fisher in slightly less than 18 minutes of football. Math majors at home. That's a touchdown every three minutes. That's that's impressive. All right, Eagles ready for the extra point. There's the snap, the hold, well timed, well kicked, and it's good. So 42 to nothing with six and a half left to go in the half. You know, Dean, I didn't know we would have this conversation before the halftime of a football game, but I wonder what the record for passing touchdowns in a CHCA game is for a single game because it may be tied. I don't know if we've ever had more than six in a game, and Cole Fisher has six with six and a half left in the half. 
it's a very, a very good question. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there. At least in my years, Chad, when we scored up and got big up on teams, usually it was running plays. It was we ran a couple of flares and stuff to Robbie Wilson and things like that. But I don't recall ever seeing a game with this many touchdown passes this early. These are the kinds of things I'll get a text from Ryan Betcher, who will name the year, the week, and the player. But well, I do remember Ryan, our our sophomore year, the first year of varsity football. John Lucas threw five touchdowns to Ryan Betcher against New Miami for the program's very first varsity win back in the fall of 1997. And he was probably triple covered every play, but still, everybody knew where the ball was going, but you could not stop Betcher. All right, I'm looking for a better text now. <laughs> the rain is starting to pick up here. All right, ball's kicked back to the 12-yard line. And it's going to try to bring it up the gut, but they're going to drop him just past the 30, well covered by the Eagles. Great, great kick coverage. You know, when you, you try to kind of – spread a web when you're covering a kickoff. And their returner took the ball on the 12 and came up field and then tried to suck that outside guy inside to get outside of him. And he stayed home and did his job, pushed everything back to the middle where all of the eagles were flying. It was textbook coverage on the kickoff, and you love to see that. In a game when you're down, when you're up 42 nothing, you just want to make sure that the kids maintain their discipline and do what they're coached to do rather than kind of go off script. And those are the things that coaches look for in the film, who's doing their job all the time. All right. Kusmeyer on the tackle. Ball comes loose, but they said he was down. Gain of eight yards. It was a nice running play. Uh, again, that was uh, number two for our friends at Norwood. That's uh, – Excuse me, I'm, that's uh, Sean, or I'm sorry, Hayden Burling. He's, he's made most of their big plays between him and the quarterback. Most of their big plays have come between those two. All right, back to the line, 39-yard line. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. They're going to hand this ball up up the middle, and the Eagles stop it in the backfield. Everybody was in on that tackle. They're going to stop that at the 38. It's going to bring up a third and about three. And, Dean, as you mentioned, I think that tackle was made by the defensive line. Nice penetration in the backfield. All three of them beat their block. That was that was a great play by their, their down front, uh, front three linemen. All right. So, third and three, 38-yard line. Wind in the face of the Norwood team with rain starting to fall again. And... Two, re- two receivers each side. Quarterback is going to hand the ball off, tries to go up the middle. A great tackle by Herman. Going to stop him short at the 40. So, with a fourth and one at their own 40, I would expect a punt. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, Dean. Not, again, you know, not much to play for. They're leaving them in. I think they're going to go for it. And why not? You're down 42 nothing. Fourth and one. You do have the ball in the 40. It's your own 40, but why not take a chance? All right. They're going to go for this on fourth and one. Quarterback drops back. It's a quarterback draw to the 40. He's got the first down. He's out to the 45 and drilled by Herman. Knocks him back three yards, but he gets the first down. Answer on the trivia question we asked. There are eight players in high school, uh, Ohio High School Athletic Association history who have nine touchdown passes in a game. 
So that's the uh, that's the one we're going after, Cole. You need four more, brother. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think he'll get the ball that many more times. I think in the second half he'll be uh, warming the bench over on the sideline. But uh, I wonder what the CHGA record is. I doubt that's something you can look up quite as easily, Chad. <laughs> Actually, I think quarterback's going to take it. He's going to roll to the left and try to get on the corner. Gets dropped by Grody in the backfield. I'm not sure, but I think Chad actually asked for nine. <laughs> and CHJ is really starting to step up and make some open field tackles, which is very encouraging. Norwood's got a couple running backs that can move and stay. CHJ is wrapping them up and bringing them down, playing with a little more confidence than they were in the first few plays of the game where they were missing several tackles. So, very encouraging time. All right. Eagles back to that three-man front we saw earlier in the year. Temperature, temperature seems to be dropping. Oh. This was like this last week, Dean. I know you weren't here, but we were we were playing uh, Summit, and it was a nice, pleasant day to start the game. By the end, we were all freezing here. Norwood calling a timeout. So, man, it, it had dropped probably a couple, five, ten degrees since we started. I just hope this holds right here. It doesn't bode well. Ohio weather here in October. It's going to get cold. There's nothing worse than driving sideways rain in the cold. Hopefully it doesn't pick up raining again. All right, timeout on the field. 316 left in the half. They're just joining us. Eagles with a commanding 42 to nothing lead. Cole Fisher, six touchdown passes. And there might almost be as many Eagles fans here as Norwood fans. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like 50. <laughs> All relative. Well, I tell you what, we know we were talking up here earlier before the game. They have a really nice stadium. All the stands are on one side of the field, and it's a really nice, big, concrete stadium. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Lachlan Stadium, for those of you who've been there on, on just one side. But in 1992, the last time that a Southwest Ohio player won Mr. Ohio football was Mark Edwards, a future Notre Dame star, played here at Norwood. And, uh, boy, these fans were packed back in the day. And Norwood has a proud tradition. All right. There's a ball over the middle and almost intercepted. It'll drop incomplete. Bring up third and 14. Mark Edwards ended up having a great career with the 49ers. Yes, he did. From this from this little uh, home of Norwood. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the Indians have a very proud program. They've, they've got a lot of great history. I don't know. I think they may have made a state final four you know, a couple decades ago, but they usually are a playoff-bound team. So it's been really kind of striking to see in the last few years since they joined the NBC. They've really struggled because I really feel that Norwood is going to be the preeminent rival to CHCA over the next decade. Maybe Purcell or Bacon, though. Those two joining the league next year certainly will help. All right, quarterback rolling out to his right. He's looking great pressure, but the block opens it up. This ball hangs in the air, but – Intercepted by Bauer, but he was about five yards out of bounds. So now it's fourth and 14, and the punting team comes out. Yeah, that was the definition of throwing up a prayer there, Dean. The quarterback basically just almost punted it with his arm straight up in the air, but uh, I think the wind carried it out of bounds a little bit, and fortunately for, for Norwood. 
All right, so back to receive the punt at the 25-yard line is DJ Ames and Alex Bernard. We have not seen a punt yet tonight, which is fascinating to think a 42 to nothing lead, and we have not seen a punt. Says something about the turnovers, and almost blocked again after getting. And Alex, Alex breaks the tackle at the eight, at the 24, under the 35. There's a penalty. He stays on his feet. He's going to make it entertaining anyway. To the 50, to the 45, to the 40, and they're not going to catch him. But this one will come back on a hold. Alex ran that back 75 yards, but he probably ran 120, but all for not on the hold. Ben Sanders actually is going to be called for one of two things, either an illegal block in the back or a peel back block. You're not allowed to block back towards your own end zone. I don't know if they're going to call that or if they're going to call it a block in the back, and it wasn't necessary. That's the thing that just drives – the coaches are going to watch this film and throw up because you didn't need to do that. I know you see that, and Ben, I was speaking so highly, and he's been great this year, but my goodness, he doesn't need to throw that block, and then we got a 75-yard touchdown return. That's one the coaches are going to look at and just be devastated on. When you're in that moment, it's really hard to not throw that block. You know, Matt, you and I have both been there, and that guy's sitting there, and he doesn't see you coming, and you want to just throw that. Man, it's so hard not to, but what a, what a beautiful run by Bernard. Just a bummer it's going to come back, and it was a, it's a righteous call. It was the right call. I saw it the moment it happened, so I'm not going to get on the referees for this. Sometimes I like to do that. It was a beautiful yeah. call. It was a, it was a great call. It was just unfortunate. Oh, they're calling targeting. The high school rules. Hey, well, the good thing is it's in the first half of the game. Um, yeah. It's a block in the back is what they're calling it, it looks like. But, it, yeah, it doesn't – They're calling that he's – a targeting call or a, they're, they're making a, a, a knuckles call is what the, the, the motion was. That means that they're calling that he targeted, not targeting like a college, but that it was blocking towards your own end zone. That it's an illegal crackback block that they're trying to get rid of at the high school level. Understood. Good call, Chad. And, and, you know, the score's 42 nothing. CHA didn't need that return, but you got to feel bad for Bernard. That was an unbelievable play. First and foremost, he shouldn't have picked up the ball. He was in traffic and shouldn't have let it go. But as soon as he did, he made he, about, did. he made every player on Norwood miss and ran in for a touchdown. That was unbelievable. All right, Eagles starting at their 25. They're going to hand the ball off to Alex, who's going to run up the middle. Oh, it's Keyshawn Walker, the freshman, picks up 11 yards. Nice run by Keyshawn Walker. How would you like? How would you like as a defense to try to tackle DJ Ames and then Alex Bernard and then as the uh, as the change of pace young guy Keyshawn Walker with his size of thunder coming right at you? Oh man, that's awesome. I love it. We're going to watch this kid run the whole second half, and it's going to be glorious because this is the future star at CHCA. And I tell you what, I got an eighth grader that if he hopefully he's a CHCA student next year, Josh Brown. <laughs> he's going to be thunder and lightning, buddy. Yeah, Keyshawn's up the middle, and we got another kid who's, who could be really good hitting the sideline. And I say hitting the sideline because even when we run a play up the middle, he's bouncing it out to the sideline. <laughs> All right. 
Dean, this is a fun time for CHJ's second team offense. Norwood's got their entire starting team in, which it's still in the first half. They they very well should. CHJ looks to me like they have uh, they, they've got a couple starters back in the game now, but they had a lot of backups, and it's fun to play against a, a varsity team as a JV player. Yeah, Cole's not in, right? That's no, Cole is in, but Josh is on one in the bat on one of the receivers. Here goes Keyshawn. He's going to pick up another 12 yards on that play. A great run by Keyshawn. First down again. Looks like a lot of the linemen are, are, are JV guys. Cole's still in the game, but I think Cole's just going to hand the ball off here. Okay, O-line is, is the starting O-line. All right. Cole takes it again, hands it back to Keyshawn. Keyshawn hits the line, spins, and where there's nothing, as a freshman, he still picks up four or five yards. He looks tough. That's a freshman running back. He's got three more years of that kid. He looks tough. All right. Eagles go back to the line of scrimmage. Cole's talking to Keyshawn. They're going to go trips to the left. In motion, they're going to give the ball to Morgan Sakai, who's going to take the ball down to the 40. Another freshman moves the chain. First down again. When you're giving the ball primarily to freshmen in the first half of a league game, that is that is good news. <laughs> All right, back to the line. We're at 130 and counting. I think Keyshawn's going to break one here. I'm calling it now. At the 40-yard line. Actually, they're going to give it to Morgan Sakai again. He's in a 35, he's a 30. He's going to 20, he gets around to the corner. And he's going to cut back. What a stutter step. And he gets all the way down to the one. But a flag all the way back at the 24 that's going to bring that back. I think 22 is a Jostworth. I think, yeah, Jostworth just held that defensive back. And, again, it wasn't necessary. He just – he had him inside the shoulder pads, right? You get your arms up inside the – like the breastplate of the shoulder pads of the defensive back. But once that guy starts moving, you got to let go. And he held on for one extra tug, and it was apparent all the way up here. Of course, the referees are going to see it. It was a good call, and, boy, that sure stinks because what a great run by Sakai. Another exciting freshman who's going to do some big things around CHCA. I'm looking uh got a junior quarterback. You got a lot of freshmen that look very talented. They got a few seniors that are leaving. They got a bright year for them next year. That sophomore class is special. All right. Sky goes in motion. This time they're gonna give it to Keyshawn. Keyshawn right oh, ball pops in the air. But I think they no recovered by the Indians. Keyshawn got hit, ball pops straight up in the air, and the Indians recover at the 29-yard line with 101 left in the first half. Yeah, he came through the hole. He's running real hard. He got popped by a linebacker. The kid put the helmet right on the ball, and the ball came flying out. I tell you what, it's a learning experience for that young man that you can run hard, you can keep driving your feet. But when you're in the in the middle of the tackle box like that, you got to put both hands on the ball. And uh, you know what? By the time he's a junior or a senior, this is going to stick out in his mind as how to do things. And it'll be pounded in his head over the next couple, you know, over this week as you watch film. But good learning experience for the young man. All right, so Norwood offense comes back on the field. They moved early, but no flag. They're going to hand that ball off, and the Eagles are going to stuff it at the line of scrimmage, drive him back, and clock under a minute. 
maybe one more play. And Eric Parker in on the tackle. Klusmeyer in there with him. As we said earlier this year, Parker's tough like his mom. Hey, you know, i got to clarify something earlier, Dean. You know, I was talking about the five-touchdown game by Ryan Betcher. I got a text from Joey Ashbrook. He wanted me to let everyone know he had a long touchdown run that was called back by a penalty, and then the next play was a touchdown to Ryan Betcher. So we'll give an asterisk to that one and give Joey credit in memoriam for a touchdown. <laughs> Robbie Glenn on the tackle there, pickup of about four yards for the Indians. But they're going to come off the field. That's going to be the end for the first half with one half in the books. The CHCA Eagles are up 42, Norwood nothing. And that was an exciting half of football if you want a lot of offense by the Eagles. That was a great half of football. You know, there's nothing worse than when, you play, when you're playing a team that you feel like you are better than, than to come out and have a lethargic frustrating first half and maybe it's 20 to 7 or something and the game doesn't feel close but you look up it's like man we need to really put our heads together and get working that is not the case here chga is clearly the better team and has left no doubt about it and that is really refreshing don't leave anything to a weird bouncing ball or something you know have a one or two possession in the fourth quarter put it away that's what you want. Now Coach Mueller can really work on getting some game plan stuff on, maybe seeing some plays with some younger guys, maybe in the heat of battle that he hasn't seen before, all building towards the, you know, the program building stuff that's really fantastic. And, Dean, we kind of talked a little bit earlier about Norwood being down as a football team. I'm looking at their band, and I just counted. They have seven more band members than they have football players. So, we'll, uh, hopefully they got a nice performance for us here at halftime. And they got a full-on marching band. It's got his pants. Mask got terrifying. Pants is he scary? Well, it's it's also 2018, Dean, and we got a mascot down here. You know, there's a big hullabaloo right now about Chief Wahoo, the Cleveland Indians mascot, about the, I don't want to call it political in, political correctness, because that, that devalues how demeaning it actually is. It's, it's actually a, a throwback to, I would say, the 1910s. It looks like this mascot was appropriate back in the, the World War One was about the last time that this was appropriate for this guy to be walking around in this outfit. You know, I'm no snowflake, but my goodness gracious, that is inappropriate in 2018. I didn't think I'd hear that word on the broadcast today. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to hold back. I, I wish I could let you know how I really feel about it, but I'm trying to hold back. <laughs> and we could be hearing from the FCC this week, but I don't think, think you care internet broadcast. All right, so the band actually is bringing out visuals. It's be quite the production here. Speaking of productions, Eagles are putting on a play this weekend. Indeed. Uh, make sure there's a there's a show on as we speak. Uh, also, see, 
o'clock tomorrow and seven o'clock tomorrow and a three p.m. matinee on Sunday. Check those to be sure. Man who came to dinner heard it's hilarious. A few of our seniors have some lead roles. They want to come out and see uh, Doug Hansford and Sam Van Paris is in it. Uh, Star of the show, Sam Boyer. So definitely want to see the show. I don't have the full cast in front of me. Uh, I was chatting with this week about if you've never been to a production at CHCA, Man, it is top-notch. They do a wonderful job on stage and with the the creative and the performing arts here at CHCA. It's just one of the reasons, you know, the top-light athletics, great uh, theater productions. It's awesome. I took my daughter, uh, my five-year-old, the last time we went. uh, They did this, uh, the uh, Peanuts, uh, Charlie Brown. And it was so, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. That was a couple months, a month or two ago. My goodness, it was so fun, so well done. Just, it's a lot of fun. So, encourage you to go if you have the opportunity to do it this weekend. To be a high school our size in mid-October to be putting on your full second full-scale production is quite remarkable. Uh, and for this spring, our spring musical is Les Miserables, which for a high school to put that on, and Susan Jung does nothing that is not excellent. So you're not going to want to miss that. They did done by a high school. So that will be coming again in the spring. And another tradition that's happened now, I think about five or six years, the Academy Night Live, uh, which is the sketch comedy modeled after Saturday Night Live. But students, alumni come back. uh, Teachers get involved. They'll have different musical acts. So something you'll want to see. That's usually late in the spring, uh, usually beginning of May. So right as things are getting tense around APs, breaks the uh, break, break, breaks the uh, tension in the air. So anyway, all right. So this week, if you were, if you could have been a part of our group text that the broadcast team has, you would have found out about the vast amount of research and investigation done by Mr. Chackfield, who's an expert on all things Ohio high school football. And after deep research, he says, Chad was exactly right. (laughs) So share with people a little bit about some of the things you found as you were looking at possibilities for playoffs and where the Eagles fit in that mix. Well, Dean, to start, the way the Ohio high school playoffs work, there's two different levels of points that you can achieve. It's all factored in. PHDA only plays nine games, so their divisor is nine. Uh, some teams play ten games, their divisor is ten on the first level. So the first level points you get for Team QB. The second level, which the lion's share of your points, probably 75 80% of your points come from the second level, that's teams that you beat that they beat. So, for instance, CHCA looks like they're going to go ahead and beat Norwood. Norwood's got two wins, both of which I believe are against D5 schools. So you get four and a half points for each one of those wins. That's nine points that CHCA gets on the second level for beating Norwood. So, anyways, looking at the at the uh, playoff scenario that I kind of projected out here, and, and, you know, I certainly don't claim to be an expert on the projections. I just use 
uh, scores against common opponents to, to project different games. But you've got Wheelersburg, who I didn't even bother to, to do the math on. They're, they're, they're the number one seed by far. Madison's going to come in at about 22.5 points, 22.55. West Jefferson, uh, they've got uh, a couple games they should win, looking at 19.15 points. Portsmouth West is going to come in at 17.3. That's if they beat Wheeling Central Catholic today. We would like to see the Wheeling Central Catholic team beat them. If they do, that's going to buff CHCA up one level. And I'll keep going, and I'll, I'll explain where we're going to be there. Madeira comes in at five. Greenview comes in at six, only .6 points ahead of CHCA. So that's a couple wins against uh, against common opponents differential there. CHCA at 14.3, and then Minford at 13.95. So you've got your, your six, seven, and eight are all very close to each other. And you've got Portsmouth West at four, where if they lose, they're going to drop below them. So CHCA could actually be as high as fifth or as low as eighth. So if we can get Wheeling Central Catholic to beat Portsmouth West, a couple things to go CHCA's way on the second level, maybe past Greenview, they could have a very winnable game against maybe a West Jefferson-type school or even Madeira, actually. They could play at Madeira if they get up to the five seed. So look for them to play at West Jefferson, at Madeira, or at Madison. And out of those, I certainly know we don't want Madison. I think Madeira would be a good one for us, West Jefferson as well. But we'll see how it plays out. There's a lot of big games this weekend that'll that'll determine that. So by your calculations, though, I mean, we would expect the Eagles to go on and win this one. And again, Eagles heavily favored to win next week. By your calculations, if the Eagles win out, they're assured a playoff game at this point? They are all but assured. There's two things that would both have to happen to knock CHA out. Actually, three things. Uh, one, uh, Portsmouth West would have to go ahead and win that game. And actually, Portsmouth West is going to be ahead of them. Uh, or actually, no, Portsmouth West would have to lose uh, this, this week against Wheeling Central Catholic. Then we're looking at uh, Waynesville would have to beat Madison which is almost definitely not going to happen. Madison's a very good team. Waynesville's going to come in at ninth and 10th unless they beat Madison. And then Marymont, and all these things have to happen in order for CSJ to be out. Marymont would have to beat Deer Park and Wyoming. We watched Wyoming play earlier this year, Dean. There's no chance Marymont beat Wyoming. But in that scenario, that's kind of the doomsday scenario that would knock CHJ out of the playoffs. The CHJ does not control its own destiny, but give it a 99.5% chance. If they win their next two games, they're in. And should the unthinkable happen, if the Eagles lost its last game, are they definitely out of the playoffs? There's there's no chance. They're out. All right, so that sums it up. Thank you very much for the thorough research and study on what needed to happen. That came out by about Monday or Tuesday. That came pretty early. But he did the work. uh, But it's pretty much what you were saying last week about what, Look to happen for this Eagles team. I just know things. I don't need to do the math. <laughs> he intuits. He intuits everything. About three hours calculating score. Looked at it. What it was going to be. No, but that's a really great breakdown because people get really confused. Um, although I think the Harbin system that the Ohio High School Athletic Association uses is actually one of the top ways across the country that any high school or any state chooses their playoff because it's really you earn your way in. Yeah, there's some anomalies and there's some weird things that happen, and you could technically win your league, and whoever finishes second might make the playoffs over you. But at the end of the day, it's, it's who do you beat and who do you beat beat. 
right? That, like you said earlier, it's a really mathematical way to look at it based on the size of school. And so you said that CHCA is not technically in, but if we win tonight, and I'm going to best bet that we're not going to blow a 42-point lead here at halftime and take care of business at home next week, senior night against Miami Valley Christian Academy, you know, we're going to make the playoffs. And it looks like who, who you were saying that we're looking to play, Madison, and there's the other option is going to be West Jefferson. There's three different scenarios, in my opinion, either Madison, West Jefferson, or Madeira is, is, the, is the third option. I would love Madeira. I would not just because I think they're the worst of the three teams or the least best of the three teams. West Jefferson's a pretty good team. We we've lost them twice in the playoffs, although we're one and zero most recently, so that's what counts. Uh, and Madison, we know all about Madison. That was a junior laden class last year that knocked out one of CHCA's better better teams that we've had in our twenty year history. Man, Ryan Betcher and I brought that game to you last year, and I I still am not over it, boy. CHCA. Madison really beat us last year, and what a bummer. But they're even better than they were last year, and we graduated all those kids, and they have a huge hulking offensive line and run that uh, run run that offense that runs right down your throat. That would be a tough matchup for the Eagles in the first round playing up in Madison. They play in a little soup, uh, soup field, too. The, if it gets wet, man, that thing's going to be wet, sloggy, and nasty. Not, not our wheelhouse. <laughs> and, and now that I've given kind of an explanation on how the Harvard points work, you look at CHJ's first four games through their schedule was killer. You got Carlisle, who's not going to win a game this year. They're 0-8. They're not going to win their last two. Indian Hills, tough loss. Wyoming, tough loss. Holy Cross, not going to win a game this year. That's zero second-level points in the first four games of the season. And you get first-level points for beating Holy Cross and Carlisle. That's less than one full point. So they had less than one full point all the way through their first four games. Thankfully, Trimble is 7-1, and one, and they look like they're going to go 9-1. and one. They're really, really helping CHA out. DCD really hurt us. They were 6-0. and oh. Not playing that game hurt us badly. Then you got Summit, who's won four games for us. And then you got MVCA, who has six wins so far, probably going to have seven by the time you play them next week. So you really look, you look at MVCA and Trimble, that's where all their points are coming from. Without those two games, without those two wins, they're not the playoffs. And, you know, and, and what do you think about the fact that we didn't get to play CCD this year? <laughs> you know, there's just – it's inexcusable, Dean. Lachlan – I'm going to use Lachlan as an example. Lachlan – is a small school locked by St. Bernard and by Princeton and all these schools over there. They have 16, 17 players every single year. And they don't cancel league games. They don't get Inquirer articles written about how great they are when they beat some garbage team that doesn't really play anybody, you know, and they win miraculously with their 15, 17 kids. Lachlan doesn't get articles written about them, and they do it every single year. They do it because they have pride in who they are. The Lachlan Panthers, you know, it's a prideful program. They've had some great times in the past, and they're putting it together. CCD can't even put together one year and honor their league commitment. It's inexcusable to me. Absolutely inexcusable. Yeah, I think of all those years where Clark was down, and we'd have conversations before, like, hey, we've got 14 guys. We're not that good. And, again, this is back when Coach Taylor was, you know, the head coach. They'd figure out a way to play a game and try not to get kids hurt. It would have been nice to have that, and especially in this playoff situation, to play a team that has six wins or to even have a forfeit from a team with six wins. But, again, as we've talked a few times this year, 
that wasn't allowed to happen. Well, and we, we knew this was coming. They said it in August. They said it in August. Um, and so as we started looking at the schedule that Matt just went through, right, that's why so early we were able to identify that Trimble was such a key game. And I know we talked about it early, and people were like, how can you already know that Trimble is going to be so important? And that's why we hyped it up for two weeks. And when we were there, Dean, you, me, and Joey were going crazy in the middle of southeast Ohio, right? It, what a wonderful game that was. But we knew looking at our schedule how bad Carlisle and Holy Cross weren't going to give us much in the lost Indian Hill in Wyoming and knowing that we weren't going to play CCD, that's why Trimble was everything. And so that 21-20 win was just key. And, boy, what a fun one that was. After going crazy, I don't think I thawed out until about Chillicothe with the heat at about 80 in Joe's car. Well, and, and Dean, to expand upon the CCD kind of kind of back out, if, if you want to call it, if you look at last year, some things have fallen into place for CHJ this year. We're projecting them to have 14.3 points this year and be possibly as high as fifth. Last year, Redding finished eighth with 15.15 points wow. in the same division, Division 5, Region 20. So if this is last year, CHJ's out. They're they not going to make the playoffs. So it's very fortunate that a few things fell their way. They've had a few few losses for teams that are traditionally good and were a little bit down this year. And it, it really, really would have hurt. It, CCD would have been the difference. CCD backing out would have been the difference of CHJ making or not making the playoffs if this was last year. But fortunately, they're still going to make it in this year, assuming a win next week. That's why Kevin Purcell and Roger Bacon, along with Norwood and Summit Country Day, at the league schedule next year, what a leap. I mean, I think back to even 10 years ago playing Lachlan, New Miami. I mean, nothing against those programs. Great programs with their smaller schools. Cincinnati Christian, you know, proud programs, fielding teams, being as competitive as they possibly can. But CHCA is not a Division Seven team like we were 15, 20 years ago. We've continued to grow, to grow as a school. And so I don't want to say a different level, but just with a different enrollment, it's harder to compete against teams that are fielding 15, 17, 18 kids every single year. So you see that increase in the strength of schedule. You know, goodness gracious, 20 years ago, Dean, if you would have told me we'd be in a league with Norwood, Purcell, Roger Bacon, and that Summit was going to be one of our, you know, I don't want to say rivals because they've beaten us four times in the last 22 years. That's not a rivalry. One of those was a forfeit, by the way. So – but the, the, the MVC schedule is greatly enhanced, and that's going to help us entirely so we can strategically schedule out of conference games. Because right now, goodness gracious, you can't count on any – they call it a Harbin cow. You don't have anybody – you know, like a, like this year, Miami Valley Conference is – a Miami Valley Christian Academy is a Harbin cow. They have not played very many excellent programs, but they have all these wins. So beating them next week is going to give us a ton of points. You're not going to see that in in the future, so you can pick out a couple strategic non-conference games as opposed to going all or nothing with Wyoming, all or nothing with Indian Hill and Wyoming, right? So typically you you lose both of those games, you may not have enough points to get in the playoffs, but Purcell, Bacon, Norwood, when they get, you know, Norwood's down right now, but they'll be back. Things are looking great for the CHC program and the Miami Valley Conference in general. Okay, there's been some great work done over the years. And it's a great conference. There's great schools in the conference. There's great administrators in the conference and ADs who care about this league. And there has been a lot of work fighting to get schools in and trying to convince ADs that this is a, a league that worth be a part of. Um, 
again, there were times, and you remember the years, where we could win out and still wonder if we'd make the playoffs when you're depending on your conference. Especially now with the North College Hill being down yeah, for so long. And you just worry, like, will a program like that? We love the tough young athletes they had there this past year. Hopefully they build on that. And that, again, becomes a great – because that was a tough rivalry. But that hasn't been in some time. Well, and I also heard that uh, – I heard through the grapevine, and it wasn't even through CHCA, that North College Hill may not be on the schedule next year because they might be in the different different side of the NBC. So that would be the first time in our entire history of our varsity program started in 1997 that North College Hill wouldn't be on the schedule, which, you know, for those of us who were there, when Dakota Dardis, you know, 10 years ago – beat CHCA, scrambling for a touchdown with two minutes left to win 12-7. My goodness. They played. They were in the playoffs three or four years in a row. They, they won the conference three or four years in a row. What a great what a great rivalry that was. I mean, I played against North College Hill again late 90s. They had Donnie Johnson, who ended up playing at Penn State. They had, you know, D'Angelo Pruitt, who ended up playing at UConn. Like, Duan Tribble. Oh, my goodness. They have some names. What a, that's a program with pride, too. No doubt, no doubt, and that's unfortunate. North College Hill's really been down over the last several years. We actually did that game last year. It was it was not a not a good showing for them, and you know they they have a chance to come back as well. They, they've they've always had some kids, always had a few athletes on their team. Hopefully they can get it together. Uh, CHA now coming out looks like we're getting ready to start the second half here. But uh, again, uh, you know moving forward into the playoffs. Got to get a win next week. Got to finish out this game, obviously, with your backups. And make sure you don't get any injuries. Make sure you don't get any ejections. It's is important. Don't don't give in any 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 fighting or anything like that. And, again, it's very frustrating. If you're a Norwood player at the end of your season, you're down 42 to nothing. Not much else to play for. So, hopefully, Coach gave that halftime speech. But, Dean, I'll let you take back over. Getting ready to kick off the second half. All right. So, the clock went to zero. They just put it back to three minutes. Down to 220. Players going out right now to half. The captains. The Norwood Indians will be receiving this kickoff. They are going to be receiving to our left. So they're going to take the wind in their faces for this third quarter to get the wind at their backs in the fourth which is smart strategy if it mattered, but it's kind of academic, I think, at this one. Um, Eagle cheerleaders are still doing their thing down there, trying to entertain these Eagle fans. We're ready for some football. We'll try to let you know who's in the game. We're going to see a lot of the young guys out there. Like we said, I, the furthest off the field I think we've been in a long time. You know, the last time I feel like I was this far from the field was when we played against Milton Union in the playoff game. I think that was at Miamisburg. The press box was similarly; it was really high and far off, off the field. But, but boy, that was a that was a beautiful facility up there. And uh, man, that was good memories. I can't believe you know that was the the, the last big win of the. Uh, I believe that was. Um, uh, man, running back, Keyshawn Gamble. And, boy, he was fantastic that night. Ben Collado was also outstanding. Uh, I remember that game was awesome because Milton Union came in thinking that they were going to put it on us. 
And in a second-round game, you know, we ended up going and uh, playing cold water that next week. And that was a fight. That was a dog fight. That's another one I'd like to have back. There's two games in the history of CHCA. It was that cold water game and then last year against Madison. Ugh. I know in the long sweep of things, it doesn't matter as much. But if I could get a game back, the cold water, yes. But also that first playoff game ever when we got robbed at Pate Valley is one of my worst CHCA football memories ever. Three touchdowns called back. Three touchdowns called back, Dean, all of over 50 yards. The last one, we've got it on tape. And look, you, you can't just say the rest fix the game, but in this case, you can almost say the rest. That's the only game I've ever said it was legit. All right, so opening kickoff, kick into the end zone, first and 10 at the 20. But, yeah, Dean, the last penalty, we actually, Robbie Wilson reversed field and ran about a 60-yard touchdown run literally to win the game. There was a little over a minute left. We were down four. Robbie wins the game, heroic play. It was an unbelievable play. The ref is literally looking at Robbie run. You can see it on film looking at Robbie Run and throwing a flag with his left hand blindly, almost like a no-look pass through a flag, and then called holding on the center. That's what he said. Coach, Coach Hearn was yelling, who is it? He said, the center. He didn't even have a number. It was, it was, it was awful. All right, first play from scrimmage, handoff up the middle. Eagles stack it up at the line of scrimmage. They're going to problem getting forward progress back to the 20. So second down and 10. Talk, talk about, you know, I want to get us out of the doldrums of the worst. I think the best game in the history of the program has to be Lima Central Catholic in the oh, yeah. 2005 regional finals. Yeah, I was, I was there too. Holy smoke, was that a fantastic game. I was on the road in Philadelphia that a conference got back to the hotel room and pulled up to see a score and read the description of that game. We were going crazy in a hotel. All right, oh, what a, play by a little play out to the out to the flat and stops for a gain of one, Parker and Phillips. I, I, Parker made the tackle, but Mike Phillips made the play. He's coming full speed from his middle linebacker position. They had the little slot receiver try to stand out and block him, and he blew up the block and made that wide receiver come back inside where Eric Parker made the tackle. Great play by the middle linebacker, Mike Phillips. Also, kicker extraordinaire. All right, third and eight. <laughs> Trips left, two to right, empty backfield. Quarterback straight back, throws out in the flat to number five. Puts a move, got to the 30, to the 35, knocked out of bounds, and he creates space for a first down. And Dotson knocks him out of bounds, but not till he gets to the 36, first down India. Interesting there, Dean. Norwood has put in a freshman quarterback and moved their quarterback to wide receiver. Their starting quarterback is now a wide receiver, and they now have a freshman quarterback in the game. Uh, and he looks good, too. He's a good, uh, tall-looking kid. He does not look like a freshman from, you know, two miles away up here. All right. Quarterback takes the handoff. He hands his ball off. will jump move and uh, drag down at the line of scrimmage. Phillips in there again. Uh, and Jostworth and Klusmeyer. And that's uh, going to be second down and 10. Uh, just notice here on the play, or on their uh, sheet here, that freshman quarterback's listed as a QB slash LB. So you got a uh, 
got a beefy freshman, just as Chad called back there in the backfield. All right. Second and nine. They're going to give him a yard on that play. Two receivers left, two to the right. Put number five in motion. Fake the jet. They give it the jet sweep. Point and blockers. He's trying to get around the left side. He's going to run backwards about four yards to go out of bounds without taking a hit. Eagles string it out nicely. They strung it out very nicely, and they were taking away the cutback lane. That was the correct me if I'm wrong, but that looks like that was the quarterback from the first half who got the jet sweep. He's got some wheels. He's got some moves, and there were three Eagles there, and they were all they were all mirroring his speed to take away any cutback lane. And he literally just had to walk out of bounds because they took it away. Great defense. Uh, that time for CHCA. All right, back to the line of scrimmage. Third down and 12 now. Again, they didn't make the announcement that I heard, but we have a running clock with a 42-point lead. All right, quarterback drops straight back. He's looking. He's going to scramble up the middle. Oh, and there was a, and a great sack. Pinto on the sack. But there was a serious block in the back, but no call. It, it was close to a block in the back. He, they're going to say that he got him on the shoulder-ish. Um, that's also probably not a call you're going to make when you're at a 42-point advantage for CHCA. You know, we're, we might see some flags. You know, a lot of times referees will start managing the game through strategic penalties, and it's not that it's going to be, you know, anything bad. They're just trying to control the score and control anything from getting out of control. And so that's one of those that in, in a close game, guys, that might go against Norwood, but in a game like this, they're just going to let them punt it away. Oh! Oh! There was a a punt is going to bounce in the Eagles' favor. It's going to be inside the 50, but it's the first time I've ever seen a juke move on a would have been a blocked punt, and he held the ball, faked it, he flew by like the guy in the low post. Then he punted it. Well, and we got our favorite uh, fans down here for Norwood are screaming that it was roughing the punter because he did the fake punt, and at that moment he technically becomes a runner. So then when he went to punt the ball again, even though an eagle hit him after he punted the ball, and I mean tapped him very lightly as he ran by him and grazed him, it's not technically a punt at that point. I mean, it's a punt, but he's not protected like a punter anymore. So these guys are screaming and yelling, but they're wrong. (laughs) All right, so the Eagles take over at the Indian 49, and they're going to hand this ball off on the first play to Jackson White, who is going to pick up four yards. We have Colin Ames in at quarterback now. So we got a freshman running back, a freshman quarterback. We've got Jostworth. We got Sakai. And Bauer, so a very young Eagle team. Ames is going to go. Ames holds the ball to hand it off to White. And 53 tackle both of them at once. Hey, if you remember the Ohio State-Penn State game last year when Sam Hubbard came in and tackled both Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley inside the five-yard line late in the game, that's exactly what number 53 did there. He he attacked the, the, the merging point where we were handing the ball off, and he goes, I don't know who's getting it. I'm going to tackle you both. And that was beautiful. That's a highlight film. That's Jonathan Arthur from Norwood not quitting. Good for that kid. All right. Back to the line, third and 11. 
Colin's going to keep this one himself, and he's going to fight all the way down to the 44. So that's going to bring up a third down, a fourth down and four, maybe five. They're going to make a fourth and five. And the Eagles are going to punt this ball away. And looks like Colin Ames is going to, yeah, they're going to go with the really light package. <laughs> Seven on still only have nine guys on the field, Dean. Sakai's coming out now. They need one more. They're trying to figure out who's missing. And here comes the last guy on. And there's the delay. But Colin wanted more room to punt this ball anyway. That's that's exactly what she needed. So, yeah, we got the Norwood fan down here is is cheering wildly for the delay of game. Um, But you know what? This happens when you're playing a bunch of young guys. This is not indicative of, like, the coaching staff. This is just – hey, this is jailbreak time for all these young kids, and we're mixing and matching pieces. So this is bound to happen. We'll see some sloppiness here in the second half, just as we're trying to get kids in the game. All right, so the quarterback is going to punt as well. There comes a block, and he got hit. That's a flag. Eagles are going to get the ball back. The punt fumbled, though. Ball still loose. And it's whose ball? I think it's going to be Indians' ball down at the seven. Or the Eagles would have declined that penalty. So the the question here is: It a five or a fifteen? In my opinion, it's an absolute fifteen. Is there a five in high school? I I believe there is, but he just called a personal foul. It is a fifteen. So, a a lot of times, the way they judge that is: if you hit the ball, the foot that kicks the ball, it's five. If you hit the plant foot, which is much more dangerous, it's fifteen. He hit him for in the chest. So I think that's an automatic fifteen, which which they called it. So. And somehow it's being booed by our favorite Norwood fans. Well, because what happened is on the lat on their last punt on the on the zippity doo dah, where the fake punt and then the actual punt where the guy grazed him and the then the punter fell down like he was shot. Right. This time we actually get run, you know, the, we get ran into and, and hit pretty hard. Um, but I tell you what, when I coach, I tell the I tell the punter, win an Academy Award anytime anytime anyone breathes on you because there's no downside. There's zero downside. What are you going to look like, goofy for falling down, or you get, or you get a 15-yard penalty? So the worst-case scenario is you look goofy. Best-case scenario is first-down Eagles. <laughs> but to be fair, he got hit hard. This was not an acting job for CHCA. He got hit. Yeah. Yeah, he got drilled. So the Eagles have first and ten at the 34 after the penalty. We are at 4:43 and counting in the third quarter. And they're going to hand this ball off to Keyshawn. No, not to Keyshawn. Manny Tate. Manny Tate with his first varsity action. Manny picks up four yards on the play. It's going to bring up second down and six. Manny Tate. All through youth football, through middle school football. Fastest kid on the field. The guy to watch finally gets First varsity carry. Exciting to see what Manny can do. Yeah, good for him. It, again, it's really good to see some of these young guys getting some experience. And it could come in, in, in use in the playoffs. So you're one injury away from being in the game. A lot of these guys that are in the game right now. All right, so 351. And this fan is picking up steam. I'm not sure what about, but 
All right. So, Eagles down at the 31-yard line. There's the snap. And this time, 53 on the missed handoff. They stack him up. Collins stays on his feet. He's a tough kid. Yeah, that one looked off from the very beginning. They're, so they're running, basically, you run a jet sweep look, and you're going to fake the jet sweep. And then you either will, you'll either hand the jet sweep, or you have a counter coming underneath, and then you also have the option to keep it. It looks like that he kind of didn't know what he was going to do with the ball, so he was trying to hand the ball to the jet sweep who was already past him, and then it just was a weird, discombobulated-looking play. So at least there wasn't – usually that ends in a turnover with the ball on the ground. So great job keeping the ball. All right, this time they hand it to Keyshawn, who's going to go out of the right side, and he's going to get all the way down to about the 26-yard line. But a flag thrown at the back of the play. They're going to call a hold. They're going to bring it back. That was thrown literally as the guy was being tackled 10 yards downfield. The, the back judge just kind of was like, hey, let's – let, let there be holding on this play. I don't think that he actually saw a hold because the flag came as a tackle was being made downfield. But, you know, we, we, we talked about this. It's a running clock, 42-point lead. Now there's two minutes left to go in the third quarter. They're going to try to just manage the game, let the clock run. That was, that was not a uh, spectacular play or a penalty call here. Let's just call it that. All right, so the Eagles now are looking over to the side for – the play and they're going to be at the 44 yard line third and 19 there's a snap Collins going to keep this ball and he's going to go to his right he's going to get upended he'll end up down at about the 41 yard line and so the Eagles are going to have to punt the ball again that's going to leave them at about 4th and 16. Here's one thing that I love. A lot of people will talk bad about the running clock in high school football. I really like it because the game's over. This is, each team has had one possession. It's almost the end of the third quarter. And when coaches do the right thing and rotate their players, you still get, you still get some execution for the young guys. You still get some, some opportunity to play under the lights. But, but at the end of the day, the game's over. And, uh, you know, we'll get some reps where they want young kids, but then there's no chance of injuries. And Colin is going to put a punt from the 41-yard line, and it's going to be down at the 1, 2. A great punt and a great roll as well. He's kicking with the wind a little bit. That ball rolled probably about 15 yards. So great coverage they got down there. They pinned it deep. I'd like to see one of these young kids shoot the gap and maybe get a safety. And here comes the rain. So with 59.6 seconds left in the third quarter, the skies open up a little bit here. And they've taken down our tarp. Yeah, they took it down. It's really disappointing. Andy Best made a bad decision to take it down at halftime, and now we're getting getting rained on. But uh, as he just said, i got to give him kudos for bringing it. So. All right, fumble snap in the end zone. This could be exactly what. Jacksonville called for, and the Eagles get a safety. And look at the young guys jumping around. Trying to see who that was, Dean. It was number it was number 25, Pierce Kenimer, and then Keegan Mueller in on the tackle. Good for them. Get an opportunity to get a safety. That's fun as a defensive player. Safeties are fun. 
And, you know, I was talking earlier about how this is a great opportunity for kids to play and all this jazz. At the same time, I tell you, there's pressure over there on these young guys. Do not give up the shutout. That is a pride, that's a pride issue for the program. All the defensive coaches and all the starters are over there now saying, hey, you got to keep that zero on the board for Norwood. And uh, you know what? They're actually putting some, putting some points on the board for CHCA here with that safety. Great job by the young guys. But you know what? All set up by the field position on the punt. What a great role. What great execution. Uh, that's, that's the way it's done. All right. So now the Eagles are going to get the free kick. And should probably get pretty good field position, and we'll see what they do to run a little clock. I would love to see some Keyshawn Walker in between the tackles, off tackle. Let's see what he can do. Um, I know we got a lot of young guys playing. Sakai's looked really good on the jet sweeps and getting to the outside. I just don't think you can put the ball in the air. Up 44 points in the fourth quarter. You know, that's uh, even though you're playing your young guys, it's kind of one of the unspoken rules of high school sports is when you're up big and the, and the team's beat, you don't, you don't do that. You don't throw the ball. Um, and so we'll see here. Coach, coach is playing it pretty well, and, and they're going to get the ball back in great field position. I think they thought they were teeing it up at the 40 for a second. Now they're getting yeah. marched back. Yeah, Dean, they're, they're kicking off from the 20, and it's still the third quarter by 53 seconds. They're kicking against the win. I would be surprised if this ball is kicked past midfield, to be honest, based on what I've seen and the one kick that we've seen the kickoff so far. So we'll see what happens here. CHJ is bound to get great field position. Like you said, though, they, they lined up at the 40, and the ref said uh, head on back to the 20 again. <laughs> I wonder if they did know or if they thought they could sneak that by. <laughs> All right, so as mentioned, 53 seconds left in this quarter. Running clock, the half goes fast. Rain almost stopped. Wind still gusting, though. There's a kick. Nice end over end kick. Back to the 35. It's going to be taken by Sakai or Bauer. Bauer out to the, almost to the 50. He's going to get to the 49. Actually, they'll put him on the 50, and so the Eagles will start this next drive there. Yeah, here we go. I really am interested to see how we're going to do it. I know that at this point here, I know the clock is going to start running here with the running clock with a 44-point lead for CHCA. Uh, I want to see who is out here for the offensive line, and I really just want to see some of these young guys run in between the tackles and and see what we got. That that's just the most fun part is is the game's not in doubt. Let's see some of these young guys who are the next big names in CHCA program history here. All right, the Eagles hustle out, and you now have. I think it's is it White in the backfield right now? Yep. They can hand the ball off to White. He gets hit in the backfield. He'll fight to get back to the line of scrimmage, and he'll get just to the line of scrimmage. That'll be the end of the third quarter. The nice thing about being at the 50 when the quarter changes, you just turn around. No long walk. And with that, we've ended the third quarter. And we have one more quarter of football. Eagles, 44 to nothing. One more to go. I'm going to make a fearless prediction that Cole Fisher does not throw for nine touchdowns today. Mostly because he's standing over on the sideline holding his helmet. But let's let's just reflect quickly about what an impressive first half of football Cole Fisher had tonight. 
he has been everything that he, that's been advertised and everything that I had hoped he was going to be as a seventh and eighth grade football player. What a magnificent junior year this kid has had. And we get to watch him for another year. I feel like that's a bonus. Wow. What a great game by that young man tonight. Yeah, I think he's got to be the Coleman player of the game with some very gaudy statistics after a brilliant first half of football where for a while we thought he was going to throw a touchdown on every pass, but then he slowed it down a little bit. Dean, I'm fairly certain we'd have to check the stat line after the game. I'm fairly certain he threw one incomplete pass on the whole game. All right, so the Eagles now going left to right into the wind. They're going to put in motion, and and White's going to take the ball straight up the middle. And that time, he picked up about four yards. So that's going to bring up a third down and six for the Eagles. Very cool to see. The CHA's now had its fifth different running back of the game take a carry. Pretty cool to see a lot of these freshmen and sophomores get some opportunities. All right, so the Eagles looking at the sideline for the play. Uh, you have Keyshawn Walker back into the backfield. Quarterback drops straight back. Rush coming. Collins rolling to his left. He sheds a, blo- a tackle. And he's going to get knocked out of bounds, but not before. Probably picked up about six yards. Well, let's see where they mark him out of bounds. No, he's going to be short fourth and four. It was was a great kind of – it was a great job to turn something out of nothing. That was a busted screenplay. Keyshawn went running and turned around, and there were two Norwood Indians just stood right there. So – Ames was like, I can't throw the ball anywhere. All my guys are now downfield. So he, the only thing he could do is run, and he put his head down and got a couple when that could have been real ugly. And that's all, all right, and the Eagles are going to pick up a first down on the offside, coming from the cor- from the corner trying to uh, get a blocked punt. Instead, Eagles left first down to keep the clock moving. Dean, our unruly fan wasn't too happy about that one. That was a uh, tough play for Norwood, but uh, – going to be a first down. Give these, uh, give these freshmen and sophomores another opportunity. All right. So the ball moves down to the 39-yard line. It's going to be first and 10 for the Eagles. All right. So next week, fall break for CHCA, but it's senior night. So if, in you, if you're in the area, we'd love to have you out as part of the crowd. But if you're on the road, we'll be bringing it to you. There's a handoff straight up the middle. That was, uh, I think that was Manny Tate. Manny picks up about four yards on that play. That's going to make it second down and six. Tough run there. Great opportunity again for the freshman. Dean, you mentioned fall break next week. I always found that a little tough as a football player to stay focused when you have a couple days off school. So that's something to consider for next week as they're playing a team that Again, they should be, but a game that is losable, so hopefully they, they stay focused during that week. But, uh, uh, again, something, something to focus on as we head into game three. Looks like Manny Tate got the carry again and pushes forward for a gain of about two or three. Tell you, Manny is a sophomore. It's fun to watch him and Keyshawn Walker, the freshman. These young guys are getting some looks, and Man, I tell you, Manny, Manny is uh, 
has some home run ability. I know he'll be, you know, his junior year next year, he's going to be asked to shoulder some of the load, him and Keyshawn, with, with some, these guys graduating. It's going to be fun to watch those guys play football. All right. Back to the line. Two receivers left, single receiver to the right. Manny is to the left of the back. Quarterback keeps the ball, actually. Legs turning, keep pushing. The pile moves. He's going to pick up a first down all the way down to the 27-yard line. Great play by Colin to get a first down and keep the clock moving. As Chad mentioned earlier, I think it's the goal of the, of the underclassmen here to keep the score at zero for Norwood. A shutout is a, is a very big point of pride for a team, and it's fun to watch the defense play and, and continue to try to preserve that. But when the offense is picking up first down, a running clock, we're under eight minutes now. He might be able to run the clock out for us. All right. Back to the line. Hand off to Keyshawn, who gets spun around and drilled. And become, that's going to be a, a loss of about a yard on the play. Yeah, tough there with uh, you've got obviously a bunch of new offensive linemen in the game. You've got a lot of starters still in the game for Norwood. A couple seniors down that D-line. I see a couple linebackers that are still in. Certainly can't fault them for it. They're giving their kids that their careers are coming to an end, a chance to play. I've seen number 53 for Norwood make some great plays, play with a lot of pride. So tough for obviously a a freshman and sophomore O-line to play against the junior and senior D-line, but they're holding up their own. All right, Jackson White takes the next takes the next run, going to pick up about three yards, which is going to bring up a third down, and they're going to call it 10. And as we're looking here at the future of Eagle football, I think there's news about even further future of Eagle football. Well, we'll see a class of 2040-something uh so my wife and I are due in March, and we found out today that uh, my two little girls are going to have a little are going to have a little brother. So that's uh, that's that's coming March 2019 future future football player, and hopefully, or my little buddy, at least that. <laughs> and we sing a dance too. Absolutely encouraged. <laughs> Congratulations! That's big news. Congratulations, Seth. Appreciate it. All right, so it's fourth and six. Eagles are going to go for this here. Ball is on the ball's on the 23-yard line. There's a flag. Going to call false start on the Eagles. They're going to back that up. So still fourth down. Clock still moving, of course, with the running clock. So it's at 5:30 and counting. Eagles now, it's fourth and 11 at the 28. Well, Dean, if they let the clock run all the way down and then false start all the way back to their own goal line, the game will end. Never thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) You can do that. You can just keep the way of gaming. All right. They're going to hand the ball off to Jackson White again. He's going to pick up about three, four yards, but he's going to get stopped far short of the first down. Indians take over, but they'll be at the 25. 
That's why they start this next drive. Again, as Chad pointed it out, this is your point of pride for the defense. Can they preserve the shutout? There's five minutes and eight seconds left. you got a running clock. That's certainly plenty of time, though, for Norwood to score. Time for the defense. Time for the freshmen and sophomores to step up. That's exactly what you want. You know, these starters, you know, sometimes when you're up big, you see some of the kids sitting on the bench. They're all standing on the sideline cheering on their teammates. That's what what good programs do and you see these seniors and juniors looking on these young guys cheering them on to keep the, the zero on the board. Alright, quarterback's going to keep it, go straight up the middle and gets hit hard, fumble! And the Eagles pick up the ball again. Keyshawn Walker, Keyshawn Walker recovers or stripped it. That's a sixth turnover of the night for the Eagles. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want when you're on defense. But, man, what a tough night for Norwood's offense. I mean, they've just, they're their own worst enemy tonight. Not, not taking anything away from CHJ. Most of those turnovers have been forced. And there's only been a few that have been, you know, unforced errors. But you've got a safety and six turnovers for CHJ defense. That, uh, that is a good thing. <laughs> All right. So here comes the Eagle offense again. Keeping the shutout. Just got a lot brighter. Absolutely. Clock down to 412. They're going to hand this ball off to Keyshawn. They reward him with the a carry. He's going to take it down to the 25. Keyshawn anticipated contact there. If he would have kept his head up and bounced outside, he could have gone. But he saw the kid, and he there was nobody on the inside of the outside, and he just wanted to run over a dude. <laughs> I, was, I was literally just about to say that, Chad. I love the way he runs. He could have went to the right. He would have had a touchdown. He could have went inside. He had at least 10 more yards. No, put straight into it. It's very much Keyshawn Gamble, right? Oh, man, it's such Who we also used to refer to as Earl Campbell. <laughs> Looking for guys to run over. But a little bit of watching Keyshawn Walker, he has a burst. Keyshawn, look, at he's standing on his feet. Keyshawn Walker takes a whole pile all the way down to the 15. That was a man's run. That was a man's run. He got hit by about with about three after gaining about three yards and had about three Norwood players wrapped on him, and he, he was moving the wrong way. He planted those feet and dragged them another three to four yards. That was great. Not only are those Norwood players, those are Norwood juniors and seniors. Those are their starters that he just carried for about six, seven yards. Love it. All right, back to the line. Another low snap, but they're going to hand the ball off again. This time to to Luke Pantioli yes. takes it down. Pantalonis. Little freshman, dude. I love that kid. What a great runner. Good football player. Has good instincts. I really hope they – I hope he gets in the end zone. Sixth running back for CHJ to take a handoff today. It's a good day for those guys. Very good day. Equally good day. Brewers just went up 3-1. All right, they're going to hand the ball off again to Pantioli, who keeps fighting. He gets down to the three-yard line. Nice, tough little run. Love it. That's putting your head down and getting some tough yards and getting a first down. Great job, Pantioli. I love looking at look, watching that. Man, watching this kid as a seventh grader and as an eighth grader, just the development and seeing how he's grown into a, a great little young football player. 
my goodness. I tell you, the future's bright, Dean. The future is so bright. All right, back to the line. Hand the ball off again. Luke. No, that's Jackson White. No signal. They're going to have him down inside the one-yard line. Second down and goal. Yeah, this is – they want to put it in, man. These young guys are saying, oh, come on, coach, don't pull the plug now. Let us put the plug – put it in. I just got a picture of Ryan Betcher, Robbie Wilson – having what they're referring to as the five-touchdown club meeting tonight. (laughs) And Jackson White does not get into the end zone. It's going to be third and one coming down to a minute to go. We played – I I forget who it was. It was game ten for us. Rob Wilson had a touchdown pass, an interception return for a touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, and a touchdown reception in our last game of the year. It was, I think it was Sidney Lehman. We played Sidney Lehman. Uh, Cowan keeps the ball. Cowan takes in the touchdown. And the Eagles hit 50 with 42.7 left. And that's a nice cap on the night. Beautiful. Just beautiful. So uh, I love I, lo- I love seeing that for these young kids. I love seeing that for this program. And, the, and hopefully, barring something goofy, it should be a shutout tonight. And I tell you, the Eagles have looked really good. I I know Norwood's down, and I know that it's you know they're not their finest club, but CHJ has really executed very well tonight in, in every facet. Their defense has been fantastic. Their offense, their passing offense in a windy night, rainy, kind of cold. They looked really good. Cole Fisher, we talked about Julian Herman. You know, the big names always come up. Those are the kids who stepped up, and it's been great to watch the second half to see some of these new young stars who are, you know, the budding next Eagles. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Who's kicking that one? Who is the kicker? Oh, oh hit the crossbar. That was, was – Jackson Rabun went for the extra point, but hit the crossbar. So, 50 to nothing – most likely will be the final to this one. 50 is a nice even score anyway. I like it. Stay right there. (laughs) All right. So, this will put the Eagles at 6-2 with one more to go. And my fingers are numb. What's the, uh, what's the count on the old uh, Brew Crew? Brewers are up 4-1, to one, bottom of the first, two guys on. Wow. Man. Explosive first inning. There's nothing, there's nothing better than game sevens in the postseason. I'm praying for one for tomorrow. How much fun would that be? The downside is I'm watching Ohio State, so I won't care about baseball. <laughs> I'm at the play, so I, I'm going to feel really, really badly tracking on my phone. But You know what? That's what DVR is for. I don't have that. I should probably get that, that real fast. I would, I would make that. <laughs> Four dollar a month investment changes your life. <laughs> Can they do that on the day? Can I call it in tomorrow? I I, I would try. If there's any Spectrum people out there, give me a tip. I'll DVR it for you. All right, thanks. I'll come to your house tomorrow. 
I'll be waiting for the Susan Jung to come over to PA. Please dim all phones in the auditorium. I think you can pull you you can pull some kind of uh, some kind of string to make that happen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. So the ball kicked off. Graber down the middle. It's gonna be picked up at the 16. Out to the 25. Tries to get around the corner. Steps out of bounds at the 28. Number 27. Grant Renner takes him out of bounds. Gets in on a nice. Tackle on special teams. Great job. Great job by him. He's the gunner on the outside. He has to protect and contain, and he did his job because I tell you, when you're on the outside, I know I've said it a few times tonight, you want to go after the ball carrier. You want to get, kind of go in toward the middle, and a good returner will see that and bounce it outside of you. That's what he tried to do there. Grant Renner did his job, stayed disciplined, and stayed home, and there was no lane there. So now with 29 seconds left, 50 to nothing, CHCA, trying to maintain the shutout. The young guys, they got 70 yards of, uh, of grass to play with here, so this is it's looking good. All right. Should be the last play of the game. Got my kid calling me for a score update, I bet. Uh-oh. All right. Uh-oh. Looking deep. Going deep over the top. He just missed the receiver who was gone, but misses him by a couple yards so the Eagles keep the shutout. Get in there, chitty chin chin. <laughs> what a big one for the Eagles, 50, no, 50 to nothing over the Norwood Indians. Our player of the game, the Matt Coleman player of the game, our quarterback, Cole Fisher, with a stunning night, six touchdown passes in the first half. Any last thoughts, guys, before going into the last game of the year? Sure, Dean. Again, as mentioned, you've got a game next week that is very winnable and is, is a should win and a, and a very likely win, but it's not a definite win. you got to show up next week. you got to play like you did this week. you got to put them down early. It's a team that is going to be 7-1 and one after this week, it looks like. 7-1 uh, and one teams aren't bad, no matter how bad their schedule is. you got to win games, and they win games. They know how to win. you got to play tough next week. Get ready to go into the playoffs. Chad. You know, just like Matt said, you got to control what you can control. And what you can control is senior night, during fall break, not getting distracted. It's a playoff game. I mean, we, we talk about how we should win it, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't win it, that's the end of your season. So that's got to be the focus. Don't worry about what you can't control, which is are you going to make the playoffs? Who are you going to get in the first round? It, nothing matters except for focusing on Miami Valley Christian Academy making the plays, getting the win, and we'll let the chips fall where they may, and let's go play some postseason football. All right, guys, as always, a lot of fun bringing it to you. Our fourth weather game of the year. Uh, hopefully we got these all out of the way. We'll have nice weather from here to the end. Yeah. But uh, let's go get warm. Looking forward to bringing it to everyone next week. So join us, 7 o'clock at home. If you can't make it, we'll be bringing it to you on Blog Talk. Until then, have a great week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.